We were designed for deep and intimate connection, but far too often we find ourselves on relational autopilot. You want the marriage you dreamed of, not the marriage that you're settling for. Each week we share personal and professional stories, giving you tools and guidance, empowering you to restore and reimagine the marriage you always wanted. Welcome to the Thrive Marriage Podcast. Beth and I lived overseas as undercover missionaries for roughly a decade. And as we lived there, we had to spin so many stories, Tracy, like how many just the people that knew us, I had a certain persona that I kept, a story that I kept with my landlord. I had a certain story that I kept with my neighbors. Uh, I had a certain story that we kept with our undercover business that we ran and all the people involved in that. We had a story just for the random person that we met on the bus. We had stories that we kind of had to keep going and personas. And the thing is, every place that I went, everybody loved me. I was everybody's best friend and the landlord loved me and he had his version of me and, and he wanted to grab time with me. The, the guy who ran the little corner store down the street, you know, he always was like, Hey, come and sit with me and have tea and like be with me. So there were all these places that, that I was wanted, but I didn't even have in this foreign country, I didn't have a place where I, the real full Chris actually belonged. There wasn't a place for me to call home. Yes. I had a house. We had a, an apartment and that, but I didn't really have a home and as I came back to the States, we moved back and began to settle back into life in the United States. I realized that there was a certain level, a certain edge of anxiety that began to wash away from me as I began to settle back into a place that I could call home. And then I actually had people that I could belong to, uh, a, a church community, a family, a place and a people that I could belong to. I finally had my own tribe. And, and I think as we talk about this desire for belonging here in our series, that's a somewhat of what we're talking about, that I actually have a place that I, the real full me, can call home, that I can be known in not various facets or spun up stories, but that I can come home to myself. That's a great way to describe it. As you were talking, I was thinking it years ago, my own therapist said to me at one point, she said, Tracy, loneliness is the biggest lie in your story. Because that was just the narrative that I kept. Like, I wanted to tell this story that I didn't have friends, that I didn't ever feel wanted. And that, that was the deep pain. But the reality was I was very wanted. Very wanted. It was the invitation to me to look at it from a different, if that's not the story, then what is the story? And, and like that, I couldn't come home to myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't belong to me. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't matter how wanted I was in all these other places. And if I couldn't come home to me, I, I couldn't build a home with Mark. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about. When we talk about the desire for belonging, I can't help but also think about Dr. Brene Brown and what she says about shame 
and that shame is that deep sense of being unworthy of love or belonging. And so when we talk about the desire for belonging and what it is to belong, we are in the realm of shame. And it makes this of all of our categories and our polyamory assessment, I think that this one is different because we are so deeply in the realm of shame and how shame operates. And I love how God addresses that in all throughout the scriptures, that what he is offering all of us is belonging. And I think about even the, the declaration over Jesus at the baptism that this blessing of this is my son, he is mine. And all the, the scriptures that talk about like, I am the father's and he is mine and I am his, the sense of I belong to you, God. And that I think is the full essence of the gospel. The real good news is that we have a place to belong. We have a home. And what you're saying though, Tracy, is that we don't believe that. And that shame is actually aimed at the destruction of that very thing. It wants to separate us from our belonging, from our home. Right. It wants us believing and living in exile. Yeah. Right. It tells us that we're exiled. So the hijacking is being wanted. So let's talk a little bit more. You shared a little bit as you were kind of giving that story, but what this can look like in somebody's life. And we talked about affirmation early on, and this is different than affirmation mm -hmm. because I think that this desire to be wanted where affirmation is is really like about what you did and your good performance. And, and it, it, it comes in that way. This has a level of presence to it. Mm -hmm. So it's not just that I want your, what you can produce or what you could do for, like, I want you. I want you. I want mm -hmm. you. And so that idea the, that the, everybody's best friend. Yeah, that's, that's such the counterfeit to belonging is I, I go to being wanted because it actually feels, oh, I might actually have somewhere that I belong, but it's the counterfeit. It's not real. It's someone just saying they want me. And so I remember years ago, a couple decades ago, I worked for the Campbell Soup Company and I was relatively new out of college, new in marriage, we had no kids. I got this job. I have no idea how I got this job, but I did. And it was in the financial sector of the, the company. And I remember Tracy that the, my boss and my boss's boss, like the two of them, we were engaged often in conversation and projects and all that. And I remember the, one of them always saying to me, Hey, can you stay a couple hours extra tonight? Because I need you to help with this or there's no one else in the company that can do it like like you can and so i just really need you and then my the other guy he'd be like he would come in early and and then be done around four o'clock and he'd say hey it'd be great i need to talk with you about some things that are not 
work related. Can we go grab a drink after work tonight? And just, I need to talk with you about some things. And so there was this sense of like being wanted. It wasn't about what I was doing for them, the projects. It was about who I was and that they wanted me. And as a young man, like that felt great. That felt great to feel like someone wanted me. And then the like allure of that began to be, oh, I now have a place where someone wants me. And it wasn't that Beth was or wasn't offering me a, a belonging in my marriage. It was that there was a just an internal sense, like you said, belonging to myself. I don't know that I had that at that point. And so I couldn't say no. I couldn't say, no, I don't want to do that. Or I have plans tonight or sorry. And then fast forward to the international missions scenario that the being wanted felt good. It felt like, yes, the corner store guy wants to hang out with me. And yes, the landlord has a good picture of me and, and, and all that. There's things that felt good there, but it was far more, it was far less about them. It was far more about what it was meeting inside my soul. And as you start to, if you start to come home to yourself, you may find that you and your spouse, you don't agree on everything. I think so often we build belonging. It's really out of this sort of, I, I want you because we have, like we should get married because we believe all the same things theologically, because we believe the same things politically. We believe the same things about how we want to raise our kids. Like we share the same financial goals. We just really get each other. And so we belong together. And that's how, that is oftentimes, this is the ground we stand toe to toe and we say our vows. And you can live out of that for a really long time until life starts to happen in whatever forms it is, right? And so maybe you have kids, you've got a kid with a disability, you lose a job, like whatever, whatever it is that starts to happen. And all of a sudden things are shifting and maybe we don't believe all the same things, but this is how we ended up together. And we start drifting apart because we don't know how to be with ourselves and then belong to each other without these constructs mm -hmm. that, that have created the illusion of belonging. And Mark and I have been married 34 years and we, and we have said our beliefs have been more different in the last decade than ever before. And, and so we've had to, we've had to walk this road mm -hmm. together of what does it mean to find belonging with one another when we don't believe all the same things anymore. And there's a tension in that. And, and I think this happens in a lot of couples because I know I don't believe those same things that you do. And I don't want to believe those same things that you do. But if I don't, then and we still belong together. Right. Do you still want me? Do you want me if I voted differently than you did? Do you want me if I don't want to wear a mask and you don't think we should get vaccines and we should mask forever? Do you want me 
if I don't believe we should do this with our kid, do you want me if our kid is gay and I think that's a sin and you think that it's okay? Like what starts to happen? And I think a lot of that has happened in this last year. We've watched fire turn up because in this pandemic world that we've lived in, along with all of the other tensions, more than ever before, I think people have been, it's been inescapable where beliefs have shifted and changed and couples have found themselves in really hard space. I can see the hijacking happen when we don't feel like we belong inside of our marriage, we belong to our spouse, where it feels like someone else wants me that I will allow for that to fill some kind of void. But here's the thing that, that I'm not really known in that other space. And that's what I was getting at with the international mission story is that I was wanted, but I was not known. And there was some level of feeding that did for me, but it actually created such a facade that I was divorced from my own self. And I, I couldn't be really truly who I was. And I think that's what you're talking about, that, yeah. that in the space of a, a marriage where there is belonging, that I can be who I am and you can be who you are. And we have freedom to still belong together and be different or similar, but you still belong here. And yet these hijackings of, hey, I want you to come volunteer at church. Hey, I want you to teach this class. Hey, I want you to help in this work thing, places where we feel wanted will we'll really hijack us away from our spouse and from ourselves. It's easier, Chris. Shame is easy. So it's easier to just say, you know what? I'll just keep, I'll just keep going and coaching the soccer team, even though I don't actually like soccer anymore, but I mean, metaphorically, right. Yeah. To, to do that and, and to say, I'm not going to be true to my own heart. I'll make it, I'll make it a little more gritty and say, it's easier to keep going to the church that I've always gone to with the people who want me and secretly, like, I know that my belief system has changed. I mean, right now I think about Beth Moore and what it's looked like for her to leave the institution that she belonged to forever and what that must have felt like for her, because it's easier to just keep doing it. Shame is easy. Shame is easy. But to come home to your own heart and go, oh, this is what's actually true. And then to like breathe that in and say, can I be okay there? And, and give that then to my spouse and risk. That is hard. That is hard work. That is hard work. I've worked in the airlines for years. When the airplane is going down, this oxygen mask drop. I remember them telling us like, you have to get your own oxygen mask on first because hypoxia will set in and you won't die, but your brain just isn't working well anymore, right? You're not getting enough oxygen. And so you can't think straight. And it makes me think about Shame sucks all the oxygen out and you can't think straight. You got to put your own oxygen mask on first and that's hard. Reach up, grab it, put it on. And that's what we would invite the spouse who knows that their spouse is experiencing some level of significant shame or being wanted in all these other places. You 
have to put your own oxygen mask on first, that you come to your own self, you do some of that personal internal work of belonging to yourself and belonging to God and hold that space. Again, there's that language we used last time about holding space, hold that space for your own self to belong there. And then when there are moments where you engage with your spouse, that you can offer them some of your oxygen. Right. You can offer them that space of belonging. Or, and maybe even like pull their mask down and put it on. Yeah. Like, like hand them their mask that says, and we really are back to like, I'm going to stay with you. I, I don't agree, but I don't need you to hold my position either. Let's just both of us breathe mm-hmm. and come home yeah. to ourselves and then see like, where are we? Can we build something together? Can we keep building together? Yes. Well, Tracy, we talk a lot more about belonging in the Thrive Marriage Lab, and we have a a whole bunch that we talk with regard to building a house of belonging. That's our our phrase and our term and and the teaching that we offer in the Thrive Marriage Lab. So if you're listening to this and, and this has piqued your interest and you're like, how do I begin to move in those directions? We'd really invite you to, to join us in the Thrive Marriage Lab and and we build all the building blocks of what it looks like for a couple to build a house of belonging together, both the foundation and the walls and all of the things that you would need to really have a thriving marriage, because that fully is what we believe is that a thriving marriage has a house where both of you belong to it, a home that you both can come home to in and for each other. Thanks for joining us today on the Thrive Marriage Podcast. We hope that you are enjoying what you're hearing and would love for you to leave a review in Apple Podcasts if you do. As a reminder, you can go to otherloves.net to take the polyamory assessment and you'll immediately receive your results in an email along with different questions to ask yourself and your spouse. I don't know if you knew, but the Thrive Marriage Podcast is a part of the Thrive Marriage Lab, which is a monthly marriage membership community where couples are gathering each week for new content to help their marriages thrive. We only open up the lab once a year and it is opening again at the end of March. So make sure you go to RestoryLabs.com thrive to join the waitlist to be the first to know of when we're open again. Restory Labs is a digital laboratory of restoration counseling and you can find out more about us in the show notes. And we'll see you same time, same place next week.